When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Quick note, everybody, there is a conversation that happens between Jess and myself in the middle of the episode where we talk about an NPR initiative that is no longer relevant to the conversation. If you want to know why, please listen to the bonus episode that was published right before this one. So if you are not aware, please go ahead and download that episode first, and then you will know why. But there are some big news from Apple released then. That is it. Enjoy the show. Hey. Hello. No crunching of chips. I'm great. I'm fantastic. (laughs) No crunching of chips. I was just kidding about that. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, great. As soon as we started the recording, my, my daughter opened the door and asked asked me something and then promptly slammed the door shut oh that's all right i only heard the slam but we didn't know what it was in reference to yeah she just slammed it not because she meant to slam it just because that's just her closing the door is all so oh my gosh jess i'm so proud of myself yo why i'm so proud this is like the second i mean you should be but why because i went running for the second day in a row today oh my god you did Yes, I did. I'm so excited. So I left this morning at 6.30 in the morning. And yeah. took 30 minutes, two miles, 30 minutes. So I, well, I'm walking and pseudo, I'm jogging really. I'm not running. And I'm just, I'm very happy with my choice because I'm telling you, man. And like in the last um, Elsie's Emergency Excitement, I wrote, I, I shared the shoes that I bought, which are super cool and that's one of the reasons i bought them because they're i'm gonna be it makes me so happy to put like super fancy awesome looking shoes on like it's just exciting um but my entire body is just such a squishy mess i mean i look skinny but i used to actually be bigger i used to be fuller slightly fuller because my muscle mass was so dense like i just was solid i was a solid woman you know and every part of me was like nice and solid and now every part of me is really skinny and squashy. So anytime I sit down, it just spreads out. You know, like <laughs> it doesn't what matter how small out? you are. Like every squishy part. Like, out? you know, when you, okay, you know, I don't even know how to describe this. It's like, oh my gosh, like a water balloon. Or maybe if you have like gack inside of a bag, right? And then, oh, that's right. Maybe gack inside of a bag. You know what that is, right? That yes, stuff. I know what is. Okay, yes. so let or even silly putty. You know how when you put silly putty on a chair and you leave it there, if it's a ball, and then you come back, all of a sudden it's all spread out. That's what my body is. So, okay. So if you like, if I lean up against a wall, or so if you're I you're saying sit, although there's not much there, it is all soft. Yes, it's just squashed. so. In other words, instead of being a pretzel rod, you're a noodle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That is correct. God, that must be so difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for me, it's just very annoying. Like, I'm just like, like? well, listen, all I'm saying is that I'm sick of not of being super weak because I feel weak. I feel like now (laughs) all of the three decades of like work on my body has just disappeared now. I have no muscle mass. I feel like my my bones are going to crack because that's what happens when you get old. I have nothing to support me. And I'm just like, forget that. I want to be like strong. I want to be strong. And again, like I was. So I've been testing well, good it. Good for been... you. Running is a good way to start. So I started. Yeah, I started to do that. And it makes me happy and I have energy. So anyway, that's me. How about you? <laughs> that's great, actually. That's cool that you've been doing that. Um, you know that uh, – can I just ask you what size jeans you are? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't like know. A two, right? Like a four. I guess. I don't know. It depends on the jeans. Because they're also the when thing I was is, twelve, I couldn't fit into those that size. Like I think at age twelve, I was like a six or an eight. And when I graduated high school, and I mean, I was probably at my most fit. I was like one hundred and twenty pounds. I was a ten. I just have meat, I guess. Some of us are just born with meat. I've never I, been a pretzel rat or a noodle or a noodle. <laughs> I think it's size four. But the thing is, yeah. here's the here's what really makes me angry about that stuff, though, is that usually in, you know, I basically stayed the same size, but the sizes that I bought have changed. So my body has essentially been about the same size um, most of my adult life, except when I was like in my early 20s, I think I gained... I think I was like almost 130 pounds. And um, that was just because I was just, I don't even know. I was just eating a lot, I guess. I don't know. But, um, uh, and I was in college. That probably had something to do with it too. But then at the same time, I was also incredibly, I was still active. So it's not like I was ever not, it's not that I was ever not active. It's just that I happened to have, you know, put on pounds at that time. But the sizes of the pants have actually gone down, but I'm the same size because the industry out there wants to cater to people wanting to wear smaller sizes. So it makes you feel good that you're like, oh my God, I'm a size zero, but you're really not a size zero. You're actually a size four, but you're, we're making it the label a size zero so that you feel better. That's great. Maybe or, I am still a size six. Exactly. Is my yeah, my I'm not. Process. No, Thank but you. you know what? Uh, and actually, <laughs> I'm a plus size six. Just kidding. I'm not that. No, either. but the and all old navy does that as well. Where I look at sizes and I look, I I'm know. actually wearing these extra small shorts right now. And if oh, you were to see, no, but if you saw my shorts on me, you wouldn't look go at, look at those shorts and go, oh my god, those are extra small. You would look at no, them and go, I look at your butt and say that though. Well, no, no, but the pants themselves don't look extra small on me is what I'm saying. No, but your butt does look extra small. That's my point. I would not look at your size clothes, but when I see a picture of us together, it looks like I ate your twin and stood there <laughs> next to you. Oh, no. As like two Elsies. <sighs> it does. I look like I'm like three times your width. 
And I mean, even if I lost a hundred pounds, I'd still probably be double your width because it's like if you stand sideways, you could hide behind like an easel, <laughs> like vertically. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's just, and I mean, it's not like look. And I'm not saying like, oh, you're skinny and I'm fat. I'm saying I've seen pictures of Elsie as a child, and the girl could hide behind, you know, like a piece of wood. <laughs> She's skinny. She's just long and thin. I'm not. So anyway, yeah, I'm just saying like, I mean, I hear what you're, but I do hear what you're saying about the muscle mass. I will say this though, as heavy as I get, I don't, I'm not losing muscle mass. And I mean, this is not like, oh, I can just get as fat as I want. I'm still really strong. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm, I'm a year younger than you and I can still feel the muscle in my legs from when I used to play, you know, tap dance and play field hockey and stuff. Like I can still lift heavy stuff. I don't feel weak at all. I just have a lot packed on top of it, Mm. which like it would be nice if I could get rid of it. But like my arms still feel – you know what it doesn't feel right is when I'm sleeping. When I lay down to like rest and go to sleep, that's what – like my body is starting to ache when I try to relax it. Like Mm. um, that's when the muscles feel weak. It's almost like from – you know why? I just realized why. Because it's carrying my fat ass around all day. Because I'm like, <laughs> you know, like when I lay down to go to sleep, my body is like, oh, we were tired from doing that. Thank you. And oh. so like I start, to feel, I start to feel like a weakness like in my upper thighs or like, um, you know, sometimes in my upper arms where it's just like all of a sudden it's like, yeah, to push myself out of bed is a much bigger effort. But during the day while I'm like doing stuff, I'm the strongest person in this house by far. Cause you know, Scott's weak. He hasn't left the house in six months. Yeah. I am not the strongest um, person in this house. I have to say that. That could My. be why actually I am strong. It's like he hasn't, you know, because he's had breathing issues. I carry in all the groceries. I carry the baby. I chase the baby. I am the one putting furniture together, moving furniture, you know, like I'm, I'm bulking up without uh-huh. even knowing it. You know what? You're you're probably because see that's one of the ways that I. If Randy in was shape. down, think yeah. I mean, yeah, if Randy I'd was be... down, think of all the shit you'd have to do. Oh my god, yeah. And also the other thing too yeah. is you know when I had Take when I was the trash living in, up. yeah, all that shit. But when I'm in when I was in Pittsburgh though, and the babies and the my babies were smaller. I would take them everywhere, and I would push the stroller and carry yes. them and use all the stuff. Yes, but now and I do because that too. I'm. I'm also here. I'm sort of like not really going anywhere. And anytime we go somewhere, we have to get in the car and we got to go. And so that is the problem. I am essentially incarcerated here. You're partially. Go ahead. No, but what I'm saying is that I don't get a chance to walk around too much or do, you know what I mean? Like I have to. Yeah, you're partially right. Because like I'm taking Isaac to the zoo. That's a four day walk. I took him to the gardens here. That was a four hour walk. Um, pushing him the whole way, chasing yeah. him, picking him up, making him feel better when he, cry- you know, I mean, like when your kids get older, they're just not as physical anyway. No. And then you're, I actually get, less, yeah, I get to tell them, can you go get that for me, please? No, you guys get your own food. Like now I actually can tell them to do that. I can say like, I can get your, yeah. you need your own food now. Like I don't do, like they are very self-sufficient. And they don't. Not um, only that, but I tell Nate, can you gather the trash? Will you take it up? Can you go downstairs and get this? Like, if he's around, God help him. Yeah, that's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun, though. So what do you think about this, Jess? Do you think we should hear from one of our listeners how they feel about us? Should we? just kidding. 
Should we put a little bit yes. of Casey? Casey, so I that- think what's happening is you're trying to change the subject. I am. I good. am. I am. Let's I am. just do that. Let's um, hear- all right. Yeah, let's get into it. So first things off, yeah, we'll hear from one of our listeners about how great we are. <laughs> hey, gals. This is Casey O'Rourke, and I just wanted to tell you that I love you, and I love listening to your show, and I just finished the latest episode, and... You know, I feel like you're my friends and we get to hang out every week. And so thanks for being real. Thanks for being bold. Thanks for being brave and just saying it like it is. I value that. And you're a great model for that. So I just wanted to let you know that's what's coming up for me when listening to you. Yeah, I love Casey O'Rourke. You know, what's the best part of that love her so much. What's, First what of all, we this? are friends, Casey. We are your yeah. friends. But um, <laughs> I mean, I am. She's one of my clients. We've worked with her. Like, we are friends. So she's not yes, wrong. Yes, we are but, friends. Like, the best part of that for me is when she goes, love you. Oh. That's my favorite part. I love it <laughs> when it she so- goes, this is what's coming up for me because it's just so Casey. It's so Casey. Because, yes, okay, is. Casey is like a, a positive discipline, like, educator. She's incredible. Uh, her podcast is. Uh, joyful courage and so you guys need to check it out she's fantastic <laughs> and she is just, uh, listening to her like with this it's just it's just so good you guys everything you guys, she's so everything good. you want a hippie to be and nothing you don't want a hippie <laughs> to be <laughs> plus she's really good at what she does which is like the bonus yes, of the whole thing is. so if you have issues with your school school age children she is your lady you guys need to go check her out and school age meeting over five years old so not babies but all of you mamas that are dealing with the children like i am at this moment i mean she has been phenomenal uh so so there's that and she's gonna be it over at the podcast movement uh sheepy meetup hello she's gonna be helping us out a little bit over there she's made herself available she might be our showrunner jess how cool is that so you'll get that would be amazing I know. So she's going to be helping us out there. So have you gotten your tickets? Jess, would you like to tell them what's happening with that? Um, the event? or the Yeah. The, she oh, the thing media. that we talked about? Yeah. So, okay. Um, I think I'll do what we talked about for the meetup. What do you think? Instead of the event. Yeah, the meetup. No, I mean the giveaway. Oh, the giveaway. Let's do it. Yeah. So about the meetup. So our meetup is going to be the minute podcast movement is over in the same hotel in Anaheim at the Anaheim Marriott, we're going to be doing a recap roast and roundup and a live taping of our show all in one. Um, tickets are only $5 and you can get them at shepodcast.com forward slash PM 17. And actually today I have a special giveaway. If you buy your ticket to the meetup for podcast movement to our meetup, not for podcast movement, I have five copies of the podcast documentary, The Messengers to give away. And the first five people that hear this, send me proof that they've bought tickets to the meetup. I will send you a free copy of The Messengers, including a souvenir book that has some behind the scenes information about traveling all they traveled all over the world to talk to podcasters in friggin' guam and puerto rico in florida all over the place and they had some really interesting the movie was done by chris kremitzos um 
who is the hubs of Katie Kremissos, who does Biz Women Rock, who's in our group. And I'm in the movie. Lots of us are in the movie, too, by the way. Katie's in the movie. I'm in the movie. Natalie Ekdahl's in the movie. Tina Dietz is in the movie. Kate Erickson and John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire in the movie. Also, um, some cool dudes, Dave Jackson, uh, Daniel J. Lewis, R- your boss, Rob Walsh, is in the movie quite a bit. Watching the movie, I have to tell you, is such an experience. It basically is sort of telling the world not just what podcasting is and how it, it it like impacts other people when you're doing it, but also like it's highlighting a bunch of people that are making a killing doing it, which is kind of cool. So like Christy Hauser's in it, our sponsor and supporter for Team Podcast. Um, and so it's really cool. Actually, by the end of it, even though I have a podcast, it makes you want to run out and do like seven more. It's so inspiring. I mean, like when you hear Glenn the Geek talk about like how – he had it. He read the. Um, oh my gosh! He reads this feedback from a listener who's like, like listening to his show is like this is part of the reason she gets up in the morning. It's like amazing. So anyway, f- I have five to give away. Forward me your receipt. I with your mailing address. The first five people, I will send a free copy of the messenger. So it's shepodcast.com forward slash pm seventeen. And while you're at it, if you haven't gotten to your ticket to podcast movement, <clears throat> and by the way, you don't need a ticket to podcast movement to come to our event. But if you haven't, if you plan on coming, and you use our promo code shepodcasts, you get fifteen percent off the ticket price, which is by the way more than any other affiliate promo code. Not bragging. Yep. Just saying, because we're their Just social saying. media partner, and you can look on their website and not prove it. Go to podcastmovement.com, register, 15% off the price. No matter what special they're running, you're still going to get 15% off. Meet us there. Give us a hug. Bother Elsie at the Libsyn booth. Run naked through Disney. <laughs> Whatever you got to do in Anaheim, California. It's going to be a super good time. We can't wait to meet you and hug you and say hello. Yes. And also, guys, we still have it open here for you to send us. If you are attending Podcast Movement and you're having your session, you can still send us 30 to 60 seconds. And we've got one from one of our longtime buddies, online buddies. I know, Hottie. Elizabeth D'Alto, mastermind, amazing woman. So well, I she's, said speaking of hugging, not hottie, but she is very hot. hot. Yes. Like, speaking of hottie, yeah. hotties, I know, right? Hugging uh, hottie. Hugging, yeah. So hugging here she is, you guys. She's doing a fantastic session. How would you not want to miss this? So let's hear from know, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yes. What's up, she podcasters? Elizabeth Dialto here, host of the Untame the Wild Soul podcast. Super, super excited to meet some of you, especially you, Elsie and Jess who I've been connected to online for six years now in real life this summer at Podcast Movement. I am running a breakout session. So if you're someone who does any kind of coaching, healing, or consulting work, or you have any kind of group or one-on-one programs or events that you fill as part of your business, my breakout session could be for you. It is called the Be Your Own Sponsor Method for monetization. This is something I've been doing super effectively since the fall of 2015 to fill all different types of programs, events, and offerings in my business. So check the program, look for Elizabeth D'Alto, and I cannot wait to meet you at the event. That's so cool. I love her so much. Yay. So I know. All right. We have been connected for six years. So Elizabeth D'Alto is one of the women in the group where Elsie and I met in the original Marie Forleo B School. So it's going to be really exciting to meet her. At the last event, we met Jen Burton, who was from there also. I know. That's so cool. Woohoo. 
All right, so we are getting ready to hit hit on some news here, and actually, our news are yes. brought to you by our patrons. And now, you guys, let me give Jess and you guys a scoop here, really, really quickly. So, here are some of the ideas that are coming up for those of us who are those of you that are going to be our Here's patrons. What's coming up for us, yeah, for everybody. So, part of the deal is going to be patrons. Depending on the level that you move into, you're going to have a certain percentage off of our any kind of course that we set up. So starting, obviously, if you do like a dollar to five dollars, you could get like a 10% off coupon and all that kind of stuff moving up depending upon the tier. So that's going to be something fun that uh, every patron is always going to be able to have a coupon code just for them for any new courses or even the older ones that we happen to put out there that happen to be from that. Then also, we're going to be doing a type of Q&A session for Jess or myself that are going to be run on Boxer, which, which is my new favorite app in the whole entire world. So patrons are going to be access, being able to have access to those um, boxer Q&A sessions, essentially. We'll just get behind the microphone, if you will, because we'll be able to do them on the computer and answer your questions and answers. We'll probably split them up so that, you know, Jess can answer anything that you feel in terms of, you know, monetization, sponsorship, branding, and anything in between social media stuff. She's like a whiz of that kind of stuff. And then I can answer whatever questions you want to put to me, and I will just do that. <laughs> so that's going to be available for just patients well, only. You- <laughs> what? What? I love how she can only sell me, but not herself. <laughs> Elsa can answer questions about like unique content, about setup and technology, hardware, software, scheduling, community. Um, that I can do absolutely. Random and a lot tools. of community. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes. So anyway, that's going to be it. And also there's going to be uh, at a certain level, there is going to be a special. I'm not sure yet if I'm going to do a certain level or if it's going to be everybody. There's going to be a special Voxer chat for those of you guys who are Patreons who will get the inside scoop on the stuff that Jess and I are going to be doing inside of She Podcast. Plus, there will be a little more communication uh, in terms of what you guys want us to cover and all that kind of stuff. So those are some things that are coming up. All of that is going to be ironed out, of course. And the money. So what does the money go to for with you guys doing this stuff? Number one, we're going to be a sustainable here on ent- enterprise here between Jess and myself and John, because John needs to be compensated for all of his work that he does here with us. And I think that that's going to be one of the best things that we can do to keep that sustainable, to really do that, number one. Number two, the second thing that it's going to go for is to be able to really admin the She Podcast group, because it's now over. 6,000 women in there. And there's a lot of people who really don't know what the, in quotes, rules are. And it really is because Jess and I are really doing our other things. And not to say that we don't care about the group, but what I'm saying, we don't have at this moment the capacity to be able to get get in there and do all this stuff. So there's going to be a lot of work that's going to be implemented in the back end. My dream is to be able to make sure that the She Podcast community, both on Facebook and the patron community, are mutually supporting each other. So that for women are getting education that is absolutely 100% necessary for them to have a successful podcast, not only for people who can afford to pay for courses, but also for those women who really don't have the funds to do it. So we are going to help each other and everybody get the amount of education that is necessary. And there's going to be no excuse for funds. But in order for us to do that, we do need to have those of you who step up and help us have this vision come forward. So anyway, that is what patrons are for. So if you want to sign up for that, uh, patron uh, patreon.com slash she podcast, you can start with a dollar a month. The more you 
can offer the community, the more we can get to, done. And we're going to have goals up there so that you guys could really see what's happening with that. Oh Thank my God. you so much in advance for supporting Dude, us and dollar. helping us with our vision <laughs> of what we would like to see our community become. Absolutely. So Thank now you. we're getting into some news. Woohoo! The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. Every time I hear that, I think, what a dork I sound like. My God. You are so cute. And then so people cute. will come up to me in public and go, for the informed podcaster. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Where do you go to this meetup at Podcast Movement and then you do and the show and, when, and they all sing it from memory? Where do you do that? that? And you'll know <laughs> how good that's going to be. That's oh, my be God. Elsie, we have to remember to make sure that we ask people to do the jingle. Oh, that would be so great. Oh, gosh. All right. So this has been a huge communication thing or not communication. I guess conversation is what I meant in the podcasting industry. Now, this article called how NPR is pushing the podcast industry forward. Have you got a chance to read this, uh, Jess, at all? Like or been in the discussions of all this? I have not really been discussing it with anyone, but I've definitely read it. Yes. So basically, it seems like the NPR is is developing this like new sort of thing that they want people to really start people meaning the industry itself to start to use here's a quote exactly here's a quote from the article in podcasting it's difficult to know whether a listener who has downloaded a show has heard an ad npr is chipping away at that challenge with measurement guidelines and what it hopes will become uh, open industry standard technology that makes podcasting more transparent and automated for advertisers, end quote. So essentially what they're going to be doing is like there, there are like these little inserted URLs is how uh, is, it is stated in this thing where that's going to be added to the feed, I think. I mean, it's like it's it really is what they're trying. They're trying to come up with a way that is their their thing is called remote audio data. Rad. R-A-D. It says we're embedding a URL into the file before we send it. Yeah. So there's actually quite a few of them. So what they're going to do is maybe do not just a URL, but a few URLs embedded inside of the file so that the URL or whatever that is, is going to then communicate to see how long somebody listened to the episode. So that's what's It's kind of amazing if you think about it that they can embed a link in your MP3 in it. Well, yeah, that is amazing. The thing is, though, it needs to have people say, okay, cool, we're going to do it. And as of now, it seems that Triton and Ads Wiz are ready to support it. Art19 is evaluating it once they put it, you know, they're, they're finished with it. And then Apple is talking to them. <laughs> so that's oh, it. Right. So that, you know, Apple is about 60% plus of where the majority of the downloads come from. So, you know, people can do this. It's just that at this moment, it, yeah, it's it gonna is going to be still... painful if they don't. Yeah, absolutely. If they don't support it, then it's really going to be tough because then it's going to be one of these things where all of a sudden we as podcasters, especially if you want to be working with advertisers, it's going to become something like this. Hey, if you want to listen to She Podcasts, go download this app. No, no, no. Don't go to iTunes. Go download this specific app 
Please just use that one. Okay, guys? Just go to this app. Don't use iTunes. Don't use that. Don't use Stitcher. Don't use, don't use that one either. Just download this app, this one, so that you guys can then participate. So we know whether you're listening to your stuff or not. Okay? Don't use the stuff you like to use. Use what we need to use so that we can measure. Yay! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, almost exactly. It's it's also Hey, you can use whatever you want, but if you want to give advertisers an accurate description of your downloads, not just what you say it is, you'll use this because I haven't heard of anything else that will offer um what did they call it listener what did they call it listener metrics or something listening events <laughs> like mm. i heard this ad i heard this ad i didn't hear this ad so it says like did people get to the 25 percent point the 50 percent point the sponsorship their platform sends that nothing else does Absolutely, so it's, but it's they- like yeah don't you so it is measuring that, but like nothing else measures that. So it's also like they could really say, if you want to be honest, you'll use this. Yeah, but that's putting the onus on the producer. That is not in any way taking into consideration the person who's listening. Mind you, the biggest the biggest problem we have right now is people just listening to the shows. So now instead of giving them the easiest thing for them to listen to, we are going to have to then cater to just using what gives what's benefit to the producer, not what's benefit to the listener. And that's what gets me. Wait a minute. It doesn't affect the listener. Yes, it does. Because if the platform isn't using it, meaning if iTunes doesn't support it, if Overcast doesn't support it, if Stitcher doesn't support it, if Podcast Addict doesn't support it, then if those people are not supporting it and those are the top players that are, are people are downloading podcast in then for the most yeah. part they're they're not going to get the information so then all of a sudden you are going to have to say hey guys you know how you've been listening to podcasts this whole time forget about that let's use the art 19 app or the podcast oh, one i app. understand that's what i'm saying so then if you know if it's if it's a, if it's a standard thing where everybody adopts it then you're right hey Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, if That's... Apple doesn't adopt it, you can pretty much assume no one's going to use it. Right. Can I ask a dopey right question as a podcaster? Yep. Do it, John. Do it. Please tell me what other advertising method that they use that guarantees views, listens, or watches. When they put their uh, advertising on a TV show and it comes, what stops the, the viewer from fast-forwarding through the commercial? When they okay. are on the radio, what makes the uh what does the radio station do to make sh- to guarantee that the listener listens to that advertisement same thing in the newspaper you put an ad in a newspaper who says that they the person that bought that newspaper actually looked at that ad so why do we have to do backflips and jump through hoops to make sure that our advertisers Here's what I say to the to the advertisers, and I know Jess isn't going to like this. Hey, this is how many downloads I get, and my, I have a loyal audience. And you know, usually if I if I say something about a product that I like, they will buy it. If that's not good enough, well, I don't know what to tell you. But if you're going to put stuff in my feed to, to to make sure that this is listened to, and I have to tell my listeners to go to a certain app or you know podcast catcher, I, I don't want it. I don't want it. Well, let me just clarify something. 
<clears throat> Let me just clarify something. As a person who interacts with advertisers on a daily basis, NPR is saying they work with, at the end of it, it says they work with Whole Foods, Subaru, AT&T, American Express, Delta, State Farm. Okay. Remember, I worked at Subaru corporate headquarters. I was in on all the talks they were having with digital agencies, they were having with media agencies. Not one time did I ever hear them say, prove to me that each person that clicked on this banner went to our website, bought a car. It's not the advertisers pushing this. It's NPR. They should stop and go back to doing boring radio like they normally well, do, in my opinion. Because you know what I'm saying? Like, like no app. In fact, every advertiser that I work with is usually like, oh, yeah, we've already keep kept in mind that, like, you know, they have a bigger audience than these people, that not everyone's going to click, you know, that some people are going to go to the website, not use the special link. Like, they, they account for that shit. Advertisers know to account for that shit. But – this is this this is the idea of someone who's trying to change the industry and what we're able to offer advertisers. They want more advertisers in the podcast space. How do we do that? We give them something no one else can give them. What can we give them? We can give them definitive proof that we're reaching more people. How do we do that? Can we do we have the technology to do that? Sort of. Can we make the tech? You know what I mean? Like this is all a conversation that's being had to woo people over. The advertisers that are already on board, they're not – they don't – they account for all this same as they do for the newspaper, same as they do for the television. I think They the- know how to advertise based on reach, not on measurement. But the whole – like the reason why people like digital and they like podcasts is because it is measurable as opposed to the other stuff which is not. That stuff that you mentioned is not measurable. They So you want to put your money where you can measure. And so if you want more people to put their money in podcasting to measure it, you know, then this is how we get them to do it. It's all like a how do we get the money? How do we get the money? How do we get the money? Because there's $500 billion being spent in advertising and only $200 million in podcasts. So – I understand. I understand what they're doing. I just don't feel that it really matches up with the reality of the consumption, number one, because we also have, no, you know, yet. go forward 30, 30 seconds. And that's what I do when I hear podcasts with advertisements. Most of the time I do my little bleep, bleep, 30 seconds or 15 second forward, 15 second forward, done. And if they're still talking, yeah, boop, but boop, boop, boop. Very... And then how do you, huh? Elsie, that's you are a rare. Consumer. No, I'm not. Most Actually, that is a really big. Do not bother big, to fast forward. It. There is a I lot. Do it, I do it too. There's a lot of people that do that. In fact, more people than you think. And somebody like Apple is actually thinking of ways to facilitate that type of behavior from their uh, from their consumers, including with what we're going to be talking about here very soon with WWDC and the announcements, which is the Worldwide Developer Conference over that's happening right now in San Jose for Apple. And one of the things that they've done now with Safari for the new operating system that's coming out with uh, High Sierra that it's called, in Safari, they're going to actually take away the majority, the, 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 the browser itself is going to have all of these options to not have all of those darn extra crappy things playing on every web page that you go in. It's actually going to build into that. So you do you think that advertisers are going to be happy with that? 
No. No. People like companies like happy. Apple are actually moving against. I think against. people who do those kinds of ads suck balls. So no, well, they're, but me. they're everywhere, though. Even I've in always the, thought that. They're even, in this, they're even in the really great websites. And it's so annoying because even where I'm getting a lot of the news, if I click through and to read an article that is a really, really well, you know, written article about something, it always has these incredibly intrusive, random videos that start to pop up everywhere. And I understand why they have them there, because some of these websites are actually living off of this money. I get that. But. It is so intrusive, especially for somebody that has such low low bandwidth as mine. All of a sudden, it's like I can't even watch something because it's not even loading properly. So what I'm saying is companies, though, but let me finish, though. Companies like Apple, who are the innovative companies that are moving things forward in the space, are essentially really focusing on the user experience. They're not optimizing for advertisers, which is what. People like NPR at this moment or all of the procasters, the radio folks, all want to optimize to make money. They're not thinking about the end user at all. Go. (laughs) That's correct. So, again, there's three entities here that we're thinking about. And I want to go back to Subaru as an example, okay? Because, again, we had just re – like, they hired me to help with – the dot-com redesign back in 2008. The way it looks right now as a result of lots of work with an agency, lots of crying and, and panic and all kinds of stuff that we went through like almost 10 years ago. And like, um, I was in a lot of conversations about digital banners, about digital campaigns, Facebook campaigns, Twitter campaigns, and a company that's marketing properly will either work with their digital agency or decide amongst themselves not to be douchebags in digital. So the stuff that you're experiencing on websites when you're just trying to read something, a company has to make a conscious decision to either do that or not do that. Like there were a few ads that Subaru did where they would like you'd be you'd be um on a website and then all of a sudden a car would drive by and sort of like it would be like it was what's called a um, page takeover ad where you'd be reading and the car would drive by, sort of stop, and then like some hearts would come out. Like a little car – not a cartoon because it was like whatever. I'm saying like you could X out of it, but they decided that if they were going to do an intrusive ad, they were going to make it fun and interesting or not do it at all. So the stuff that you're being bothered by, they've made a conscious decision to either not care about the user experience or, you know, that they want to just hit as many people as possible and the people that are annoyed will, you know, offset the people who make a purchase somehow. So there's that aspect of it. And then there's the aspect of more money, more money from the from the people offering ads, which there's always going to be that, right? There's always going to be television, radio, digital, podcasts, like people who are selling the advertising that want – all the money possible on their possible channel. And then there's the user experience. So like Apple is doing the right thing. They sh- and, and a company, not an NPR, but an advertiser, if they want to properly utilize the space as with any space, will do it properly. It's the difference between love it what makes a Subaru a Subaru and Affleck. 
Affleck or, you know, call the law offices of Rover, Cossett and Wearer, you know, if you've been hit by a car, like which one of those people are, you know, is doing it in a way that's going to work best for them. You're, you, you know, having some guy in his horrible Philly accent tell you to come on down and buy an alarm clock from then is not going to be as effective as showing your kid going off to college in your old Subaru because you just bought another one. You have to be smart about how you advertise and, and Apple should be gearing towards the user experience. They should try to make advertising minimal on your websites and in your podcast. It's up to an advertiser as you and I both know, to make branded content that's interesting because the loyalty comes in the, you know, through the back door, right? It's like when we're talking about GE and their branded podcast and the other, you know, Starbucks and their branded podcast, like that stuff is smart advertising. You don't have to talk about Starbucks for it to be smart advertising. More advertisers are going to have to be smart and creative. That's not a bad thing. It's just that the middleman has an agenda that no one else seems to want to deal with. And you're either going to, you know, I mean, as companies and brands, they have to make a decision how they're going to, how they're going to get to their audience. Are they going to do it in a shitty way? Or are they going to do it in a good way? Those who do it in a good way, do it in a good way on every platform. Those who do it in a shitty way, do it in a shitty way on every platform. And those of us who are trying to sell it, I mean, you can either go the MP, you know, you can either, I'm not even saying NPR is trying to like enforce shitty behavior. I'm just saying like, if you're an agent like me who has clients on both ends, like I get advertisers and then I encourage them to do it in a good way. They ask me, how should we do it? Is this going to work? Is that going to work? And I'm going to say, let the podcasters, you know, give them a sample, let them feel it, let them see it, let them be honest. That's what will sell you. You know, you have to have integrity no matter which part of the food chain you're in. Not everyone does, though. You know that. Not even, first of all, not everyone even has integrity whether you're selling advertising or not. There's a lot of podcasters out there with no integrity. There's a guy yesterday who told me after 30 shows, if I don't make enough money to cover my expenses by September, I quit. Okay. All right. Um, Your show's yeah. five minutes long. How are you going to get a sponsor? Right. No, I mean, and that's, <laughs> you know that, what that's I mean? Like, like, it's just so interesting. For 600 bucks. How- yeah, no, it's 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 interesting how everybody's expectations are different. And and what I'm saying, what I don't really like is that the same narrative keeps coming up. You know what I mean? There, there's a there's a difference between those of us that are start, starting out and investing all of this time and attention and money for some people who are just starting out where I, I know, you know, that. People who are outsourcing their audio, they're outsourcing their social media, they're outsourcing. And I'm like, what are you not outsourcing? How are you keeping this up? Because I'm I'm just going like, that's a lot of money to be putting out, to be able to sustain something that is not making you any money. And it won't for a while. So I think that we are putting the wool over a lot of people's eyes. And I just don't, I don't think that's fair. And people tend to hear all of these large like money talk that is coming from from how people well, like are positioning course. the money. What? It's like that course last week. It's like that course last Start week. Start your Absolutely. profitable podcast. Absolutely. And that's why, you know what? Actually, Elizabeth, in her promo of the show, I am as absolutely sure attending her session is going to be so much better than anything Eye-opening. else. I assure Abs- you. Absolutely. Because she really is making money with her podcast and she is not but not doing... by taking advertisers exactly 
She, but but right. she is taking herself as an advertiser, which is exactly what Kate Stillman is also doing for herself as well. Because yep. and it is, it's an intrinsic. To do that too. It's intrinsic I mean, and it works very well. Yeah. It depends yeah. on what you're doing I mean, out there. I mean, but mind you, again, the, this is also positioned perfectly for the type of business model that they've chosen. Somebody like, um, uh, actually, let's uh, anything that's a TV show. Let's say it's a TV cast show. Those shows are harder to sell and be your own advertiser because you don't really have pro- like you don't have your own products and services to sell for that, right? Because that's like uh except for the way that Gary Leland is doing it because Gary Leland is also his own advertiser. He is doing I think it's it's the House Hunters podcast that he started and he started it with the thought that I'm putting this podcast out to advertise my brick and mortar store, like not brick and mortar store, but his his own like what is it um, wallpaper store? Like he sells wallpaper and like you know refinishing things for houses, and he is his own podcast advertiser inside of the show that's all about house hunters or whatever or house whatever the hell that is for the HGTV, and it actually makes sense. So uh, the investment really, he's been doing it for a while. He's not really outsourcing all the audio and outsourcing all the social media and outsourcing it. So it's basically all in. You just have to know how much money you have, dude. That's a lot of cash to run that stuff. I know. It's funny. Like, I'm not sure I offered like necessarily an opposite point of view. It's just different levels of the same stuff. Like you are as, as you should be essentially the advocate for the listener. But I think all people on that food chain should be advocates for the listener. And some are and some aren't. That's mm-hmm. all. Yep. So that's totally. Kind of, I mean, and then I know I just moving, changed the subject back. I didn't yeah. mean to. No, no, no. But so let, let's just continue with the conversation because there were some like little announcements that were made, as I alluded before, at WWDC. This, it's actually happening as we're recording. It'll be over by the time this episode comes out. But there were some key things that came out in terms of podcasting information that were not necessarily inside the keynote themselves. But one of them is that there's going to be a completely redone podcasts app, which is something that all of us have been wanting for a while. So we'll see how that works out. That's going to be great. Hopefully it's a lot better than it is now because right now it's a heinous experience all the way around. (laughs) Um, And they're also (laughs) supporting um, serialized feeds of some kind. There's like new feed specs that are that sounds like serial killers. I know, right? So I guess it's like it's going to support things like if your podcast has seasons, um, mm-hmm. sort of like serial. And, and so then you're going to be able, from what I gather and from some of the screenshots that I've seen, that you're going to be able to say like, you know, the fall season or season one or season two. And then you're going to be able to see it kind of, you know, I, I'm assuming it's going to be sort of like, you know, when you go into Netflix and then you're looking at a show and then at, right at the top, you can choose what season you're watching and stuff. You can move from season to season. I assume that that's sort of the way that it's going to be uh, so that there's that. That's going to be a possible option there. That's There's going to be discussion around that. Um, other than that, maybe the smart speaker could have some impact on the way people are consuming podcasts because Alexa and all of the other other smart speakers have become so, in quotes, famous to be able to say to listen to your podcast's naturally or easily inside of the smart speaker so you don't have to really go searching for them. That could possibly be an impact. So those are the, at least at this moment, 
those are the podcast-specific announcements that are coming out of WWDC. That said, um, if you want deeper interaction with this, you can go to listen to the latest episode of Today in iOS, and then um, that is Rob Walsh's podcast, and he's going to break it down for you. Now, what I was really thrilled in is all of the software updates that are up, some hardware and software stuff that's coming out that is going to help promote podcasts. One of them being that in iOS, now you're going to be able to take screenshots and annotate, mm-hmm. annotate them easily, which I think is a really great yeah. for the way that we're using social media, especially platforms like Snapchat or Instagram stories or Facebook stories or Facebook or yes. Instagram. Finally, finally, um, finally. Yeah, so that's going to be there. That's going to be super easy and super cool. There's also going to to be the ability to create GIF slash GIFs inside of your um, inside of the the Photos app, I think, so that you're going to be able to now create them easily instead of having to go somewhere else to do it, which is great. Also, another easily easy thing for you to be able to to share. And the reason those are really good, especially those uh, GIFs, is because you can actually embed those inside of newsletters. You cannot do anything else that kind of moves inside of a newsletter, meaning you can't do... Um, a new uh, video. No or, video, yeah. no audio. You can generally just do images. And in order to make your newsletter maybe a little bit more snazzy with something specific to your podcast, that could be a really great way for you to promote the show. Uh, other things the that were like... fun. The, yeah. <laughs> And oh, and the other thing that I really love is now you can use iMessage to pay people. So it so instead of having to add an app, now if you owe money to somebody, you can quickly iMessage them some cash. I I kind of like that idea. I like the idea of being able to pay somebody via i i iMessage super easily. Uh, I I'd probably use something like that more easily than I would almost anything else. And it's very handy to be able to do that. In terms of the hard, uh, uh, um. Hardware, there was a big, uh, I love the new iMac Pro. Did you get a chance to see that thing? Oh my God, it's beautiful. It's no, this, I wanna, no, the specs I wanna for it. that computer is are just phenomenal. It's a desktop. I don't even know how it's so much more powerful and so much skinnier than the iMac Pro, like just the regular iMac. I'm like, what? But it starts at $5,000. What a lovely machine. Oh my God, it's Gorgeous! It's it gorgeous. starts at five thousand dollars. Yeah, it starts at five thousand. Already so saving my pennies. I know, right? Oh but that is an God. absolute. It's a pro machine. It is amazing. I mean, I just that thing is gorgeous. But even the specs of the regular iMac have gone up extensively, and the lower end models are very affordable for what you're getting. I'm like, whoa, that's very yeah. very nice. Um, also, the that MacBook- big Mac. I mean, like. It's so big when you're staring into it. It's almost like you could just jump in and swim around. Right? It's crazy, especially that's almost like it's going to swallow you up like Mike TV and Charlie (laughs) and the Chocolate Factory. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) It's huge. It's crazy, but it's so lovely. And also the MacBook MacBook and the MacBook Pro lines were uh, both upgraded. I'm not quite sure the exact specs of those. Hopefully that they're better than... For podcasters, I'm not saying that they're not better, better, but for podcasters in terms of the peripheries. But here's the other thing that I'm really excited about. It is the new iPod, uh, iPad Pro lines. So the money has gone down. So they're a little bit more affordable, a tiny little bit more affordable. They have a new size. So the Thank nine God. Point, it's like the 10 point. I think now the smaller is a 10 point something and the larger one is 12 point something. Five? 
Um, yeah, I don't point nine. Yeah, something like that. And so now they are almost the same size as an actual laptop. And they have all of this. iOS 11 for iPad is just off the hook. I mean, the kinds of things that they've added in there, the things that everybody has wanted for the entire time. Finally, like copy paste. um, Hello. Like they've just (laughs) added that kind of thing. (laughs) Breaking the, the, I mean, in terms of workflow, it's out of control how amazing it is. So if I'm going to make a purchase of an, of something Mac-related or Apple-related, it'll probably be an iPad Pro because that would be sort of like the backup to my machine because that's really all I need. Does it what? have a USB port? It's probably still going to be the same way that we've been dealing with it as of now, which is to add sort of like that camera connection kit to the bottom of it. But here's another fun thing. I think I think it's called Web RTC. Is that what it's called, John? Do you remember what Daniel mentioned over in Podcaster Society? Is it Web RTC support? Is that the, yeah, is that I the name I'm, of it? That is, I'm drawing a blank too for yeah, what it's called. Sorry. But basically they yeah, they need yeah. to do something where they can plug that in and then you can either plug your USB because it would be so nice if you could have a, a keyboard or something like that with so you're not trying to use the iPad. And, that and the other thing, the other day I was trying to find, you know, sometimes when you're out running around or something, you have some time to even to do some editing where you could edit on your iPad and not edit a whole show, but just like, say, maybe edit a file while you're kind of out on the road or something like that. And it's iPad's not really good for that. But hopefully I'm hoping that this new one will be something that I could use for that also. Yeah, I think that that's what it is, John. I think it's getting to the point where now it is getting to be something like that. And I think the apps that are going to be created for it, it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be um, finger, like you're going to have to be able to edit with your fingers, which is awesome. But what I was talking about, the WebRTC thing or support, I hope, sorry, Daniel, I don't have the stuff in front of me right now. So if I'm totally saying it wrong, I'm so sorry. But what it is, it's those, have you ever tried to go on an iPad to use something like Cast or Zencaster or any of those web-based recording things that we're, we're, a lot of us are using right now? In fact, we're using that. We couldn't do that if, if I had an iPad in front of me or either one of us had an iPad in front of us, we wouldn't be able to use that. We'd actually need some kind of co- a proper computer. Where now iOS 11 is going to be supporting the protocol to be able to use that. So how cool is that, John? That means that I could actually sound fantastically awesome on my end of things because I'm going to be able to put my USB microphone, attach it to the iPad, and then call into cast and boom, right? So that's going to be really big. Those are my... I think it'll be a big help for podcasters that want to be able to go mobile. Um, yep. you, you could take your, your rig somewhere, your, whole thing. your yeah. whole thing, and be able to go to a coffee shop and, or an office building and do an interview or somewhere and do an interview like that. It, it'll take the mixer out of it. I think you'll be able to control things a lot better. Not that you can't do that with something like Boss Jock or you know, an app like that, but I just think it'll be Boss yeah. Jock I always found – really got to know what you're doing. Yeah, you and, and you're always moving things around. And I've I never made a an recording on Boss Jock, and believe me, I've tried, that I didn't screw up. So me I'm, too. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> and it's not, I'm not saying this is Boss Jock. I'm, there's no – No, not, it's probably user error Yeah, yeah it's more me, you know, because I have these big sausage fingers that I have. And, you know, you're trying to tap things and move things around. But hopefully this will make it a little bit easier and a little bit where podcasters don't have to – lay out a lot of different, uh, you know, a big cost to go do this. 
and uh, I think it's going to be better for the for the space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be so fun. Uh, so yeah, but speaking of audio and editing brilliant solutions, we have our own John Buchanan, who is just amazing with us. And if you guys ever need any kind of guidance about your audio at all, or if you would like to hire him as your producer, he is there for you, audioeditingsolutions.com. Please do reach out to him. Um, I have told him that he needs to have a service where you could do, John, a consultation with somebody and charge them for that. You could even just do like a half hour session and they can apply. Like how to can, make your they, audio great. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And then what they can do is they can send you their, you know, their their latest episodes, like a couple of them, send them to you. You'll listen to them. You'll kind of write the notes down. You'll you'll have all of the things that you're going to tell them. And then they just get on the phone with you for 30 minutes. Done. Boom. And then you can up level your audio. I feel that that would be a fantastic service for a lot of people out there who can't at this moment really make the decision of having an audio producer support them. So... So yeah, instead yeah. of going on Twitter, listening to a podcast, going on Twitter to their pod, their Twitter uh, and say, hey, you know something? Your audio is not really that good and maybe yeah. you should do this. And then I'm, I get told to, you know, go yes. pound sand. Maybe that, that wouldn't work. But here's the other thing. When you listen to a show, you don't know what they've done to the raw audio yet. So the best thing to do for me is when you hear the raw audio, you know, what to do or how to make it better. And a situ- in, in that kind of situation. But I just found a, a, a podcast where two guys kind of do a podcast like I do, and I listened to it, and the content was really good. The audio quality was poo-poo caca. Hmm. And I reached out <laughs> to the guy, and I said, listen, you're funny. I love the show. I can't listen to it. It's it's so compressed and over – it's – so I said, what do you use? And he says, oh, I have this, uh, like, $3 mic. I was like, okay, here's the mic. Here's – Write this down. Here's the mic yeah. you buy. This two weeks later, they sound five hundred percent better. And see that? I just love being able to do that to a show because you know, here's somebody that they're spending all this time and and money and stuff like this, and they're putting it out there. And all we wanted somebody to do is listen. And I just wanted them to put, be able to put out the best product that they have that they can put out. So what about this? Anywhere from $25 to $100, John will listen to your show and then make recommendations about what you should be using. Yes, contact my agent, uh, Jessica Kufferman at jkagency.com. Yeah. <laughs> com. Seriously, though, John, figure out a price. How what exact, How long you'll listen to the show? Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes? And then you'll make a list of recommendations. Email them back. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. You've got a better sounding show. He makes awesome. a little money. You get a better sounding show. Everybody wins. AudioEditingSolutions.com. Is it John at Audio Editing Solutions? Yes. Right? I've been having a lot of fun in the E-League uh, with the ladies there, you know, maybe <laughs> doing some videos and, you know, dropping some videos in how to do certain things. And it's been a lot of fun working with uh, them o- with, over there. It was, it's was it been a lot of fun. It's been a, a real no- nice test case for yes. me doing that. And it's, I always, oh, you know me, I enjoy helping podcasters. It's what I do. Yes, but now Yay. you should get paid to do it. Now okay. you should get paid for it to if do it. If you say so, it. Jessica. Yes, you do. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> that's do. what you're doing. And now, are we ready for some tool tips? Elsie's tool tips. Well then, Jess, you've got something you are really passionate about. Yesterday, I tried out the new service, Repurpose. 
And if you want to test it out, it is free. Shepodcast.com forward slash repurpose. Go test it out right now. Hani Mora is the developer. He is the gentleman that brought to you Simple Podcast Press, which is the plugin for WordPress. Anyway, basically what it does, you log in, you connect your YouTube, connect your RSS feed, connect your Facebook and wham, bam, kablam, you have all your shows on YouTube. He has a really cool – so I know that Libsyn does this because Elsie and I talked about it yesterday. So here's the difference between what they do and what everybody else is doing. You configure one of their six templates. We happen to have one that goes very nicely along with our branding. And they have like some really cute templates where like you can see the like cover art within the headset or you can see it like on someone's iPhone. Uh, it has a really cool audio wave that goes through and basically you're, you're not converting audio to video, but it makes a nice video for you to be able to post on YouTube or on Facebook. And going forward, once you have it all configured, like I have to go back now and publish 150 shows, but if you're new or if you're relatively new, it won't take you very long. And by the way, we have some of our older shows are like an hour, hour and a half. It takes about for every 20 minutes of audio, it takes about like three minutes. So it's like a five minute process for each podcast. Now we'll have a nice channel with all our episodes. Just, just another way of, quote, being everywhere, unquote, where you can be on YouTube, take advantage of a video type platform without having to do an actual video when you're recording. Your feed, like from now on, because I have repurposed, when we hit publish on Libsyn, it will also use my template, create the video with the cool audio waves, and then publish it to YouTube and or our Facebook group and page, by the way, which we haven't, I haven't done that yet because I'm doing back catalog right now. So it's pretty neat. I'd love for you guys to check it out. Shepodcast.com forward slash repurpose. If you decide you want to pay for um, the service, it's $12 for one podcast and I think 20 for five per month. Um, and I think it's worth it simply for the graphic and the audio waveform. And then what's the other thing we're paying for, Elsie? We were doing a comparison yesterday between Repurpose and Libsyn. Oh, back catalog is really seamless. Whereas I think on Libsyn, doing the back catalog is a little clunkier. I think it's the same. I think the transition between the Libsyn and So why do we like this one better? Because you said the show notes. You like the formatting of the show oh, notes. Oh yes. Better. That's it. Oh yes. Okay, so when I look at this, okay, so when so however you put the show notes in Libsyn with the links and stuff, when it when Libsyn publishes to YouTube and you have like a like a line break in your notes, Libsyn leaves all the code in there. So it says like non-breaking lines. Not uh, all the time though, just just sometimes. Well, Hanny's show notes look exactly the way you put them in Libsyn. Why they're linked. Using- they're spaced. I don't know what he's using. I'm not a developer. I'm just saying it looks good. No, I'm what saying. I'm saying is that that what you could have done is you could have because you didn't see. I looked at all of hers and I didn't and I saw what you were talking about a couple of times, but not the whole time. So there's obviously something a little funky in there, but it's not happening all the time. Listen, here's what I'm saying. Whether or not you're a Libsyn user, this is a cool tool for you to check out. It's free to do your first four episodes. And then after that, I think you have to pay. But it's free for you to test and try out and play with, which I think is kind of neat. I didn't like the way that Libsyn did the show notes for a couple people. 
I don't know if that podcaster, I mean, I'd love to talk to her to see, you know, how she's utilizing YouTube. Is it worth it for her to be doing that through Libsyn every time or not? But I'm having fun with this. I think it'll be fun to share. Yes, I'm paying for it, even though it's free to do it through Libsyn. I think it's a better service because I like the cool graphic. I like that it does the episode title. I like that it does the audio wave. I think it's cool because the way Libsyn does it, it's just your episode art playing as a video. There's nothing – I don't know why I care about the audio waves. I just think it's cool. What do you want from me? So check it out. She She's like, right. That was very smug. I am I'm just saying – I think that it's great. I think it's very nice too. It's just that all I'm saying is Ew. that the audio waves are great. Very nice. No, but but it's just you know I like I think I wrote yesterday. It's yes, absolutely. The distribution of it is awesome, but the distribution isn't going to get you more people to engage, especially in something like YouTube or even on Facebook. There has to be a little bit more of a. Something that goes along with that, especially if and this like if I were to create a tool, Jess. Yeah, for, I mean it's for not cross the promotion answer to all my prayers. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying that if I were to be focusing on YouTube stuff, yeah, it would be great to have all of the links hyperlinked inside of of the show notes and whatnot. But we figured out that that wasn't the case on either one. It's only if you use the HTTP colon slash slash, not if it's a hyperlinked text. But what I'm the thing is, in terms, of especially for YouTube, there is specific YouTube or, uh, optimization descriptions in there that I feel are still going to merit you as a producer to invest some time of your own to go inside there and optimize it for yourself. And that if you are going to be investing on either in time or money, sometimes it's actually better to invest in just working inside of the platform rather than other things. That's my cup of tea. So that's I true. I think it's a lovely tool. What a I loyal employee. The way they should pay you so much more than they already do. <laughs> they, I love so what much they're more. Doing. You're worth your weight in gold. <laughs> I love just, I love what? the, the little audio waves that are in there. <laughs> I think it looks great. In fact, I'm going to put a link in the show notes for what we have up there. The, the you know, the episode number one, I think it looks fantastic. It looks really awesome. And people can absolutely know immediately. Wow. I'm going to be listening to something. I'm not going to be hearing some, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be watching something, which I think could be deceiving with just having a static page on there. So that's already really great. I love that aspect of it. Um, it's it's very lovely. I'm just saying that if you're not going to be investing any time in going into the platform, sometimes it's easier to just say it and forget it, which is kind of what Lipson does. You just set it up and you just let it go out there. And that is all. Yeah. That's it. All right. Okay. All um, right. Okay. But now we've got a Weird and Wild show of the week for you. You have that. Weird and wild. Weird and wild. Weird and wild. Show of the week. I didn't really have any weird and wild shows of the week, but then I opened up iTunes and I found this. It's called Dig If You Will, This Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And it is a podcast that two superfan brothers um, are doing to commemorate the year... The the year that's gone by since Prince passed, Ben Greenman and his brother, he's a New York Times bestselling author and New Yorker contributor, and he actually has a new book out called Dig If You Will the Picture, but I love the name Dig If You Will this podcast, like that cracked me up. Oh my God. And I thought, how fun. 
Yeah, so it says, dig if you will the podcast. Happy birthday, Prince. Oh, that's why. Because it's his birthday. That's right. Like that, yo. Yeah. You know how I know it's his birthday? Why? Because it's my husband's birthday today (gasps) as well. They share a birthday. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, dig, dig if, if you, you will, will this picture. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Anyway, yeah. So um yeah, so basically the description is one music icon icon, two sibling super fans. It's been one year since Prince's death shocked the world. And their new podcast, Ben Greenman and his brother Aaron discuss the legacy and genius of Prince, including his death, music, movies, pop culture influence, religion, sexuality, and more. Bonus commentary on New York Times bestselling author Ben Greenman's new book. Dig if you will the picture. What's a good name for a book, by the way? Because he could have called it Raspberry Beret, but he that's didn't. right. <laughs> he, he could have called. Uh, there's the many, can, many other titles he could have done it. He called it. He could have called it Little Red Corvette. He could have called it Purple Rain. Okay, sorry. Um, it, it, the show all all considers who was Prince, but also who wasn't he. Also, who are we? It's also oh. produced by Macmillan, who also produces Mignon Fogarty's Quick and Dirty Tip series. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting as well. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Prince, Dig If You Will, the podcast by Macmillan Publishers. I thought it was cool. For Weird and Wild, that's about as weird as wild as you get. That's amazing. I love that title. And I think that that's phenomenal. I love, I love the way they position this whole entire thing. I mean, it's, it's, it, this is a type of sort of promotion type of, of, um, coverage that you would get from mainstream media. If you, mm-hmm. if you're getting a podcast out that was like this. I mean, the genius of the way that they positioned it on his, on the, on the year of his death and all that stuff or his birthday. What was it? What did you just say? I just totally forgot. Today's um, his birthday. Today, June birthday. 7th is Prince's okay. birthday. So like to have it go out at that time. And it's just, I think it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So good for you. Yeah. Good for you, dude. That's super Pretty fantastic. Pretty cool, right? Yep. Really, really awesome. Pretty um, cool. You know who else's right. birthday is today? Liam Neeson. Tom Jones. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. I thought that was interesting. Oh, wow. But Prince is by far the most interesting person born today. By far. By far. Oh, Fetty Wap. I don't know if anyone listening to this knows who Fetty Wap is. If you have a teenager, you do, though. Oh, okay. 26 today. All All right. right, Sorry. Okay. Moving on. Moving on to Jessica's pet peeves. We're we're just going to switch bodies today because it's actually Elsie's pet peeve, I think. It is. It is. Drives me bananas. Jessica's pet peeves. Oh my gosh, it just sounds Do so it, girl. awful. What's going on Did, with your boundaries? No, what, you all I'm saying issues. is that, like, all I'm saying is this to everybody. This isn't necessarily just to me, but this is Elsie's pet peeve. Yes, to recognize that we, as online personalities, I think that that's a good way to to encompass all of us that are possibly online a lot, whether we're creating videos or we're creating podcasts or anything in between blog posts, we're writers, we're engaged in social media, we try to participate on online uh, forums and whatnot. We are kind of front facing in the way that we interface with the world that there are certain um, protocols in, of engagement. There are certain rules of engagement that are usually set up. Most people abide by those. Most people can do that. Uh, I am super okay getting private messages of a specific question saying, 
at like today, actually, I got a, I got a question from from uh, on on Facebook that was seriously just asking me what was the headset that I mentioned on the feed that you know that I wanted that I was really coveting it, and I was like, oh, um, it was this. Done. Conversation over. Thank you. Bye bye. But what what I've been seeing is uh, a movement of sort of like understanding that if because of the fact that now there are, we are time we're at times connected in social media in this way that there is this sort of no holds bar now we can just communicate with you now forevermore and just because who's doing this to you well is nobody doing is doing this, this specifically no nobody is no I am just putting this out there so that the community can understand that there are boundaries out there to be had so if we have forums <laughs> as in like the she podcast page or any other chats that we belong to that there's also time to stop like don't email a podcast. 10 to 15 to 20 times between episodes. Don't send 15 pieces of who's voice feedback that? within a week. Um, you know what do- I mean? Oh, like, I know who's doing that. So then it's like... Somebody's it's, doing it. It's just, I'm just saying that there are certain boundaries around that and that we want to you to be a part of the show, which is why we post your audio feedbacks in this show. I am speaking generally. I am not speaking specifically about this happening to me. I'm just saying that it actually affects everybody. It doesn't just affect me. We all have super fans and we adore you. We adore you. But even our super fans are really well behaved. But then there are some people whose expectations are way above and beyond what is I think the protocol of online behavior, and I feel that you need to check yourself in terms of boundaries like that. Sort of like if somebody lets you into their house, does that mean that you can then just randomly go in their bedroom and take a nap in their bed without asking permission, just (laughs) doing that? Of course, you can use the bathroom. That's part of the deal. But you don't go inside somebody's house and start like looking through their drawers and going, where did you get this? Where'd you get this? How come, or look through your closet and your clothes. Can I wear that? No. When you come over my house, we're going to hang out where I want you to hang out because this is where we hang out. And if I want to show you my clothes, we'll do that. But that really, you have to kind of earn that. <laughs> kind of I'm talk. taking notes for when I ever go to your house. No, dude. I don't care about you. Like, again, you are not somebody no, that I just, you know what I'm talking about. I mean. Just met. No, I know. I know. Of course. It, yeah. It's that kind of stuff. So I'm just saying mm-hmm. boundaries, people. Honor the people. Don't expect them to then answer every single question that you might have. And if you want to have a session with somebody because you're asking every single question in the whole world and you need all of this help, hire them for their time. That's actually what they make a living <laughs> off doing. So hire, hire people say, Hey, I would love to pick your brain for an hour. How much is your hourly rate and get it all out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I am done. I've had a few, um, perpetrators of this behavior. Now I understand what you're saying. Cause I was like, who's bothering us? I haven't heard 15. No, nobody's bothering us. Nobody's. I'm just saying as episode. a whole, I'm seeing this behavior. You're saying stop it in general. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying stop it in general. In general, for ev- everybody, I'm, nothing is happening with us. I don't think that. Don't start everybody. to come up with like who's doing that to Elsie. No one is doing this to me. No one's bothering you. I'm just okay. saying, as a whole, we need to honor each other's boundaries. 
that is it. And just have a sense of understanding that it's social behavior and that there are some people that give you time here, and this is the protocol, don't expect constant responses all the time, is what I'm saying. The yeah. end. So, but now on that downer, we are going to be closing the show. Um, <laughs> but please get it. We have that contest to give away that DVD for the messengers. For those of you guys who have bought your tickets for the live She Podcasts, um, what is it? Event? Is that what we call it? Or the 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 showdown? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. The, ta- the showdown. The rundown. The, the, live taping. Yeah. Wait. Rundown, roundup, and roast. Rundown, run. run I yeah, can't even say that. that. I'll just go there. Woo, woo, woo. That's what we're gonna <laughs> You gotta send us your invoice clever. or your ticket or your receipt. And we will absolutely uh whoever the five people that email us first are gonna get those DVDs and Jessica's gonna send it out for you, which is gonna be awesome. So yay! I think that's all we have to say. We're done. That's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Check us out at ShePodcast.com as well as Facebook, Twitter, She Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Meet it.